Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Good afternoon and happy Friday, the last one of this year. Welcome in to Sports Talk. You're used to hearing us if you're on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. But a special bowl preview show. And we have brought in our friends on Light Rock 97.5 as well. I'm Scott Beatty along with Evan Kahn. You hear us as well on our game day coverage before and after Illinois basketball and football and today a special two-hour program of sports talk mostly devoted to Illinois football in a bowl game on Monday they'll take on Mississippi State in the ReliaQuest Bowl used to be known as the Outback Bowl it's in Tampa Bay Florida both teams have been down there all week getting in practice doing some other fun stuff as well and we're going to have a couple of hours here devoted to Illinois football's Upcoming game, it's future, the season that was. But we don't want to entirely overlook some other important things in Illini sports, including Illinois women's basketball, which has a big-time game on Sunday, New Year's Day, at the State Farm Center. So before this hour is out, we will talk with Illini head coach Shauna Green about the matchup with the Hawkeyes. Illinois women's hoops, Evan Kahn, is... uh, kind of made a resurgence here and so some folks may not be totally familiar but in the world of women's basketball Iowa has been good for a long time and they have one of the biggest stars in the country in Caitlin Clark they're a top team and they're coming here and uh, Illinois should be able to give them a run for their money so uh, I'm looking forward to having this conversation with Shauna Green it should be good. Looking forward to the conversation and the game, arguably the biggest game in decades for women's basketball and the fact that it gets to be at the State Farm Center when they're really building hype here off of last night's win against the Badgers up there at the Kohl's Center. Um, just just good times for, for women's basketball. Uh, good win last night for the men's basketball team, and we've got this big bowl game on Monday, so the the times times are good for Illinois sports. Certainly, yes, and uh, the bowl game will get a lot of the spotlight here. Uh, Brian Barnhart's coming in in a little bit, the voice of the Illini, of course, our host of Penny for Your Thoughts, and you hear him in the mornings with uh, Mike in the morning as well, and we'll get his thoughts on this game being in a bowl as well, some of the bowls he's been in in the past. Next hour, Stefan Krajishnik, he writes for the Jackson Clarion Ledger, covers the Mississippi State Bulldogs. We'll get his perspective on Illinois' opponent. Bob Osmussen, veteran News Gazette columnist, checks in next hour. And Illinois football sideline reporter Michael Martin, former Illini himself, is going to be here. Also to sprinkle in some highlights from the year in Illinois football, Adam Austin from our production staff put these together 
and we've been playing a little bit of those throughout the week. We'll finish up those, so it's kind of a uh, just a, a, a nice way to go out in our sports talk coverage for 2022 with a new year coming up on, on Sunday and into new things. So a lot of things going on. Now, as for Illinois football, there's been a lot of headlines for a week of no game. <laughs> the game hasn't happened yet. Just to catch you up, Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters is now the head coach at Purdue. He took along with him Illini assistant defensive coach Kevin Kane, also took running backs coach Corey Patterson with him to Purdue. So Illinois has some holes to fill. They've already announced one of those holes to be filled in the secondary. I should say Illinois secondary coach Aaron Henry is now the defensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. if you're following. And now a former Wisconsin player that played for Illini head coach Brett Bielma is in the secondary to coach again. Kind of plug and play here with the uh, rinse and repeat here with how this goes with the secondary for Illinois football. That's what I was thinking. Deja vu. We've seen this story before, and he had said when they informally introduced Aaron Henry about a week or two ago that he knew who he wanted for this job and now you see how it plays out a guy that he recruited he coached and he's seen kind of go through the the same kind of path Aaron Henry did and make his way through the the coaching ranks and he's a former Floridian so he's got that going for him as far as the recruiting ground as Henry moves into the DC spot so makes sense Uh, looking forward to it sounds like he's supposed to be there for the game on Monday. Antonio Fennel and I uh, credit Andy Olson from WCIA for throwing up a highlight where Aaron Henry and Fenelis teamed up. Fenelis had the pass breakup with Wisconsin against Illinois, against Riley O'Toole <laughs> in 2011, and Aaron Henry came away with the ball for the interception. Uh, so so I, if, if you again. got that memory somewhere, remembering that 2011 game, you remember those two together in a Wisconsin uniform. Aaron Henry, by the way, with... Uh, dreads coming out underneath his <laughs> helmet back then. <laughs> Nowadays he's got a, he's got a, a, a short haircut. <laughs> so that's that's just a few of the things going on. Obviously, uh, Mississippi State has the loss of Mike Leach, their head coach, and these two teams will face off for the first time since 1980. So a lot of lot to get into with the bowl game coming up, also some women's hoops. Brian Barnhart comes in. It's called the Illini Notebook. He joins us in just a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Our very special edition of Sports Talk continues. Greetings to everyone listening on both News Talk 1400 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Previewing Illinois' bowl trip to Tampa that's on Monday against Mississippi State. On Fridays, it's the Illini Notebook with voice of the Illini, Brian Barnart. And he joins us here. We often hear you, uh, of course, in the mornings on DWS with Penny and mm-hmm. on HMS often in the mornings with Mike checking in there. So 
everybody knows who you are on these stations. I, I think is, that's good. Is this like a yeah. premium radio show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... You know, like we had the premium news uh, newspaper today. Yeah, right? but, I mean, it's it's uh, it's sort Do- of like Double a f- the coverage. It's sort of like, you know, when HBO's free for the week. Yeah. yeah you get... You know, it's you free know, trial. Yeah, exactly. So if you want more, <laughs> come on over to, in your yeah. HMS. You want more, four to six on Monday through Friday to, to hear sports talk. But, uh, no, obviously a big deal here for Illinois to be in a bowl game for the first time in a few years and... For the first time on a, quote, New Year's Day Bowl, uh, it's obviously January 2nd this year, but a New Year's mm-hmm. Day Bowl for the first time in many years since the, the Rose Bowl trip. And uh, this is bowl number 20 overall, and you've been to a good handful of them. Yeah, a, little, a few of them. Let's uh, see. Well, you go back, let's see, uh, what was 2019 in California? That right. was the, the mm-hmm. Red Box. Right. And before that, we had... Craft, uh, was it uh, yeah. the Heart of Dallas Bowl? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, almost forget about that one. Yeah, yeah, and Cotton Bowl in Dallas. There, that yeah. was where that was. And and there was the Craft uh, Fight Hunger Bowl. Craft right? Fight Hunger Bowl, Texas Bowl. Yeah, that was uh, against in, Baylor in Houston. Mm-hmm. Robert Griffin the third was the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and Rose Bowl. Yes, it was before that. That's five. Yeah. Uh, any others that you were at? Were you at the Sugar Bowl? I was at the Sugar Bowl. On the but coast. I was doing I was doing for Jim Turpin what Steve Kelly does for us. Okay, halftime. Post game, pre game. So you've done five play by play for bowls, right. six on the radio. This will be your seventh yeah. on the radio for Illinois sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing, doing, and and this one in Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. Did, yeah. Is there is there anything that sticks out to you about the the previous six? I mean, when I say, I would have to think getting to be in Pasadena is pretty. Yeah, special. yeah, that would be the top one. I mean, it's just it's the granddaddy of all. That yeah, as as the saying goes, but. You know, you watch that game all the time on on TV, and it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. And there you are. Is it as beautiful you know, as it looks? Oh yeah, yeah. It's and I had lived out there a couple of years, and I'd I'd gone. Uh, they have a the day before, a couple of days before the actual Rose Bowl parade. Uh, you could drive up and see them putting all the floats together, hmm. which is right near the Rose Bowl Stadium. So you, and you go pay 10 or 15 bucks or whatever, and you go through and you can see them all making the floats. Hmm. So I had done that uh, at least once, maybe twice. Uh, did not get to the Rose Bowl parade, but uh, it's... The it's, play-by-play announcers aren't on their own float? Or yeah, anything? no, nothing, nothing <laughs> like that. Maybe so the TV guys. <laughs> it's cold in the morning there, by the way. Yeah. It is. It's, it's deceivingly cold. If you go to the parade ever at the Rose Bowl, it's... It's that it's very dry cold. chill in the yeah. air. Dry cold. Very yeah, cold. Dry cold, that. yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly cold. But no, I just being up there in the view of the San Gabriel Mountains and it's just a it's a pristine setting. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And I walked around I remember walking around the stadium with all the tailgating that was going on and the tents and and it was uh I got there way early for that game. Just walked around for a couple of hours. So you, that was, you have to with the traffic. Sure. Yeah, you really do. So, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I do remember there's always a lot of buses. You know, normally on a road trip, football you'll have four buses, maybe five. Regular season game, you know, on these trips you have about nine, ten, or twelve. <laughs> you know, and then you got nine band buses. You know, and so outside the stadium after a game there'll be all these buses, and you're like, okay, well, which one am I on? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you're not stops. sure. So, are you bus number seven? Are you number eight? <laughs> Now, there's a lot of that that goes on. So, yeah, it's it's a big deal. It's a lot of fun. And it's fans are just having a really good time, and it's just very festive. And 
it's a celebration. It really is. Well, I was especially of, when you get to this level bowl. Yeah. Now some bowls are, you know, the Heart of Dallas Bowl was interesting and different, but you know, it didn't have the same punch. Yeah. Well, I, I was kind of surprised uh last night walking around at State Farm Center just a few people, "Hey, you're going to Tampa? I'm going to Tampa. You know, we're leaving this weekend. We're going down." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd say about a half dozen people told me that. Just Sure. Wow, there is quite a number of people making this mm-hmm. trip. Yeah, I noticed about about half the media were gone <laughs> yeah. for the basketball game last night. So I, I was keeping uh, one end of the table from flying up. That's for that's sure. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of people that have driven down. A lot of people are going now. Some people are already down there. Some people have homes down there. That's a big. I mean, you go to the west coast of Florida. There's there's all kinds of midwestern people down there. Yeah. And so the Illinois fans will come out of the woodwork, I'm sure. Yeah. East Coast folks tend to be on the East Coast of Florida. Tend, tend to be. Not always, but tend to be. More Southern, obviously, Fort Lauderdale yeah. and Miami. Yeah. Very much Naples Boca. and Sarasota and all those tend to be mm-hmm. Midwestern mm-hmm. type. So Yeah. Good-hearted folk. Yes, that's they are. just kind of keeps keeps to their side. You <laughs> you know? Know? But yeah. the alligator separates everybody there up the <laughs> <Yeah>. middle. <laughs> that's right. Well, you mentioned it, it's nice that I, I know like the sponsor name changes, but this feels like a, a higher-end bowl game uh-huh. than, than Illinois has been in maybe since the, the Rose Bowl. I mean, I, I think you'd have to say it. Is yeah, I, I would say so. Bowl. I would say so. Uh, we thought we were headed for a game like this in, uh, well, 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah, we started 6-0. and We'd already clinched. <laughs> And you thought, man, we may wind up in Florida. And so that was the last time we thought we might get there. So, yeah, and what I like about it is you, the two bowls in the morning, either January 1 or 2, are usually the Citrus and or the Outback, and now the ReliaQuest Bowl. And those are the first – when you wake up, New Year's Day, brand new year, that's one of the first games you turn on. And there's Illinois, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think it's it, – you know, like Maryland's playing this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to remind me, oh, yeah, Maryland's playing today. You know what I mean? I mean mm-hmm. – but this is unique in the positioning of where you are at the start of a day. That's that's pretty cool. I also imagine, I know that you have to get selected for these bowls, but they, Illinois has really been pushing all the Florida kids on the team and, mm-hmm. and just hired another defensive back coach who's got Florida ties after Aaron Henry's mm-hmm. promoted to, to that. So th- this feels like a strategic kind of bowl game opportunity for the Illini oh. to, to sell the program. You know, it's great for recruiting. You know, come Come over and see us. Come to Tampa, see us. Watches on TV in Tampa. We're not far, you know. That's oh yeah. That's a lot of the better teams in the Big Ten have a lot of skill players, especially uh, defensive backs, uh, running backs, receivers from the state of Florida. Especially if you're recruiting from the Midwest, because there's just so many players down there. Well, it's Mississippi State, and boy, the the storylines on both sides of the ball are plenty for both teams. Obviously, the passing of the legendary Mike Leach is first and foremost in the hearts and minds of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, but that does mean Zach Arnett's their new head coach. And, of course, Illinois has a pretty shuffled-up uh, coaching hmm. staff as well, and he got opt-outs. So there's a lot of non-continuity almost, but both programs will be trying to make it continuity in a period of transition. Yeah, and, and it's a lot worse for some other bowl teams. I mean, look at Purdue. I mean, they've got Drew Brees coming in, you know, coaching the team during, you know, or helping to coach the team during the must be terrible the bowl game. And and think about um, who was it? Luke Fickle was out in Arizona. He had the headset. I've never seen that. He had the headset on. Is that legal? He's not even the coach. I mean, he is the coach, but he's not the coach he yet. Was, he was listening only, by the way. Yeah, but <laughs> I saw him. Only. I saw him talking some too. So mm. it's gotten closer and closer that it it's almost 
slowly happened over time, but it's almost like, and these are a celebration, don't get me wrong, especially for the fans and alums. and But for the coaches and the players, I think, it's like not the last game of this year, but the first game of next year. That's what it strikes me as is a chance to, you know, reward your guys that are, you know, that probably aren't going to be in the NFL. Their last game, they get a chance to play in a, in a pro stadium, in a great stadium, in a great setting with warm weather. And you got younger guys that are going to have to step up next year. You get your first look at them in a, in a game action, and you know Aaron Henry's now the defensive coordinator officially, and this will be his first game technically as the DC, and the, so it's got a little more of that feel to it as well. Boy, is he a spark plug? Oh, he is. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of good things just about. I mean, already we've seen him in action, but who he is as a person, how he relates to guys on the team, I think that was a really good choice. Not that Kevin Kane couldn't have done it either. But I think just for this particular team, Walters, you know, and and he'll work well with Ryan over there. But I think Aaron's a great pick. Yeah. Uh, He could motivate me to go, you know, Mm -hmm. watch paint dry. I mean, he's just (laughs) – he he gets you going. Isaiah Williams this week was saying the exact same thing. They were looking at this as the start of 2023, Mm -hmm. and they haven't been taking practices off. It's like it's week nine or or something Mm -hmm. in the regular season. And with everything going into Mississippi State, like you said, it's a a celebration. Some people might go as far as an exhibition. But it seems like both these teams have something to play for, and it should be a good football game on Monday. It it should be, yeah. And it's interesting. We just got the the commit from Mississippi. Yep. Ole Miss, who Mississippi State <laughs> just played, and they're hated rivals. So we got their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not playing, is he? He's no, not, he, I don't okay, think so. okay. I'm just checking. I don't know how those deadline <laughs> anymore. These work. Will be, no, I know they're not. But, <laughs> New semester, right? You're but all yeah, yeah. Hey, come on in. So uh, no, but that's it, that's kind of an interesting angle. But I, I just, you know, to be honest, I had not realized Mississippi State's been to 13 straight bowl games. Hmm. I don't think I've thought about Mississippi State football except when our publisher Paul Barrett. You know, brings it up or talks about Starkville or something, but I mean, thirteen straight—that's pretty impressive. And I, imagine this is four years from now, and and how will that be remembered if uh, Illinois doesn't have any more success, wins and losses wise, than, than they did this year? Because I think this year will be more positively remembered because mm-hmm. of progress, even though you go, man. They almost won the Big Ten West, and mm-hmm. they were a couple of referee calls or a couple of miscues yeah. away from from winning that and, and being in that title game. Uh, but if you're getting into that point year after year, you know I don't know what it's like in Mississippi State, but I know at Iowa they start to get antsy. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we need more. We need better mm-hmm. than this. So just, yeah. because I don't you think this year will generally be looked back upon oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, what a, what a great time. Oh yeah, yeah. What a great year! And uh, you know, man, Reminds we were in nineteen ninety nine. We were, you know, we were really close to this. You know, we were really close to ten and two. I mean, that's how close it was. One play away at Michigan, and that's just you know, kind of been. Away. It's just kind of been the story uh, of Illinois football over the. I mean, the Sugar Bowl year. Mm-hmm. They won a Big Ten championship, and like, ah, oh, shoot, lost the Sugar Bowl, but that was a great year. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rose Bowl sure. year. You know, that was a great year. That was a great year. Sure. sure. You know, Ohio State kind of helped you there so yeah. in and the way the whole system was working so you got to go to the rose bowl right but then there was that you know that year where you went six and oh and then six and six and people were like yeah we need a change mm-hmm. you know and so you just always have to kind of hold things in perspective right no that's that's a great point that's that's absolutely right so you know but i i've lived down i live down in oklahoma and 
they were really mad at an eight and three season. <laughs> really mad. Mm-hmm. That's a really bad year. Oh yeah, think about it. Mississippi you State's know. been to thirteen straight, but they've had multiple head coaches over that time, right? right? So, right. You, you, so you're, you're even yeah, making bowl games and you're making changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a difference, you know. It's it's, it's been a, we've had a dry well spell here for. A decade here, you know, as far as significant bowl mm-hmm. with attention, and yeah. it's good to be back in it. Yeah, but I think Brett Bielma would probably be the first to say, "Yeah, we're not satisfied. No, we're not. No. We're not sitting here and just going, yeah, that's good enough.' No. All right, the Illini Notebook with Brian Barnhart is always brought to us by Guido's, Jupiter's, Billy Baru's, and Seven Saints. And football is on Monday. Yep, Monday. Mm-hmm. There's a football game. And it's at 11 a.m. against Mississippi yeah, State. And what, so what day is it in, on uh, the football team's calendar? Oh, man, this would be it's a Saturday, Friday, I, I keep Thursday. seeing the this notes This would be saying, Wednesday. Yeah, it's, it's parentheses Wednesday. Yeah, this is a Wednesday to okay, them. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, 18 players from the state of Florida is uh, highlighted in the News Gazette today. Jan Bielema, the coach's wife, was born a mile from the stadium. <laughs> so how's that for a little yep. trivia? Last time we were in that stadium, uh, lost to USF 47-23. Palcheski was there in that game. I had forgotten we played South Florida a year later yep. in Chicago. Yep. That game was a lot closer, yes. 25 to 19. But uh, the game down in uh, Florida, what I remember about that trip was I think a hurricane had just gone through the Tampa area yep. and caused some damage. And, you know, we thought we might, you know, the, the talk was on the plane, you know, like, oh, we might see some hurricane damage. Well, the, literally, we went from the airport across the bridge to the hotel, which was near the stadium. We never <laughs> left never like else. a five-mile radius. <laughs> yeah, They were all right there. And so I know the team hotel and everybody's fairly close to the stadium. Again, not that close. But uh, Brett Bielema coached Wisconsin in the Outback Bowl back in 08. Lost to Tennessee 21-17. He was the defensive coordinator for the Badgers in the 2005 game. Lost that one to Georgia, 24-21. So he's, he's been down this path before. Last meeting, October of 1980, Dave Wilson threw for 283 yards for Illinois. It was Mike White's first season. 80s belonged to the Illini. I remember it well. I was nine months old. Yeah, and uh, 60,000 attended that game in Champaign. Mississippi State won 28-21. Uh, Illinois won 27 nothing in Champaign in 1923. Red Grange. Wow. Would have been known as Mississippi A&M back then. <laughs> and I was looking up some um, video. I, I called up on YouTube the Illinois-Clemson game, the last time Illinois played in Tampa on New Year's Day. And it was January 1, 1991, the old Tampa Stadium. This is the one where the Buccaneers used to wear those creamsicle yeah uniforms and they called it the the big sombrero i think was the name of the stadium yeah. was what chris berman called it uh john Shoot, i think the super bowl was there that january could have been that was i think that was the uh you know we went into the gulf war and mm-hmm. whitney houston sang the national anthem yeah, you're that's right. still been like one of the greatest national anthem performances ever you're right that's absolutely right john makovic led the Illini to their third straight bowl uh that time so interesting uh, notes on that. Illinois 8 and 11 all time in uh, bowl games. Mississippi State, and I was talking to the radio guy uh, here the other day, and I asked him, I said, so when the good teams like Alabama beat Mississippi State, what did they do? I mean, how did they slow them down? What was so A, they got pressure on the quarterback, 
which in this offense you don't have a lot of time to get any kind of pressure because they get rid of it so fast. Uh, but they were such good athletes in the secondary that they just bump them off their route or not let them get to their route and basically just smother the smother the offense out of it. So that's going to be something to watch. Without a Sidney Brown, without a Divin Witherspoon, what does that do to our defense? Uh, they have had several guys enter the portal, but n- not many front-line guys. It's the guys that are going to other schools mm-hmm. that are backups. The backup running back, for instance, he's not going to play. He's mm-hmm. in the portal. So, uh, But basically, he said, you know, Alabama beat him 30-6. to six. Uh, The defense that Zach Arnett was running did hold Alabama, I think, to their – I think it was 290 yards below their season average. Mm. So did a pretty good job uh, defensively on Bama. Georgia pretty much had their way. Uh, it was only 17-12, Georgia, in the second quarter. Uh, they've got a very good uh, kick return game, so I'll we'll have to keep an eye on that. And uh, some of the numbers on, on Will Rogers, I feel like that's the air, it is the airport in Oklahoma City. By yeah, the yeah. <laughs> Will Rogers World Airport. But uh, he passed the 10,000-yard mark in passing against Eastern Tennessee, East Tennessee State. He's the 10th SEC quarterback to go over 10,000 yards passing. Aaron Murray of Georgia. 13,000 was number one. Peyton Manning, 11,201. <laughs> Eli Manning, 10,119. Dak Prescott, just under 10,000. Jump. <laughs> so he's in the uh, – yeah. <laughs> who overturns tables? Is that the, <laughs> in the commercial? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, – and uh, Rodgers is the SEC all-time record holder in completions. 1,130 completions. So, I mean – you look at Tommy DeVito's numbers. He had really good numbers this year: fifteen TDs, four interceptions. That's yeah, solid. You know, that's that's really solid. But uh, this guy, and a lot of it's based on the system. But uh, thirty-seven hundred yards, thirty-four touchdowns, six interceptions. I mean, those are just yeah ridiculous numbers. So anyway, but he's a good quarterback. I, I've heard um, different things about him that he is a beneficiary of the offense that Mike Leach ran. And the quarterback has a lot of responsibility in that offense. It's basically – and so what was funny is people would complain if Mississippi State ran the ball, they felt too much. It was because the quarterback is the one who put him in the running game. He decided to – he made the audible and called it. So it wasn't Mike Leach calling it. You know, it was somebody else. And the other thing with Mississippi State is they're going to have to figure out who's calling the plays. Mm-hmm. That's one thing they've got to decide because Mike Leach was the guy that called the plays yeah. on offense. So, yeah. um, so that'll be interesting. So there's all kinds of different tidbits uh, that are here, but um, they're a good team. Yeah, and I, it would just be interesting to see what we how our secondary holds up against their passing attack. Um, can we get them off their routes? Can we squeeze them a little bit? Not allow them to just boom, 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 down the field. And then, of course, somebody's going to have to step up for Chase Brown. And could it be Reggie Love? He looked good at the end of the year. What about Josh McCray? We've been told he's good to go. Yeah, so we'll see. You know, I'd like to see him. <laughs> Again. Few, yeah, we'll see. We'll get a few carries in. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, safe travels. And uh, it is a reward for, for a lot of folks, sure. including you and, yeah. and the rest of the crew. And so I hope you have a great time and get some ReliaQuest swag to bring back. Maybe some free cybersecurity or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that what ReliaQuest is? I think, yeah, they're, it's, in, it's, they're in security. Uh, internet network, network security. security like yeah. See, I didn't have to ask this with the Outback I don't know. Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, knew the Outback, what they were. You knew what, you knew what it was. But no, it's uh, it, it's fun. It'll be fun to... You know having, what cotton having, is. Cotton Bowl. <laughs> and it's just, it's just you know, uh, Mike Leach, of course, 
all those years known as the pirate. It, it yeah. is kind of yeah fitting in a in a in a, in a strange way that a we're playing in a, there. in a ship with a pirate you know a stadium with a pirate ship in it. So that's uh, it's a cool stadium when we were there a few years ago. So it's uh, it's really nice. Hey, how about Mike Latulip on the call last night? He did a great job. Yeah, he fit right in. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, we know usually if you work with somebody new, they usually step on him once or twice, or they're not. He just we never did. He just he's sounding like a pro. Yeah, yeah. So he's, got a great radio crew. He's got a little uh, little coach in him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, when when he can ask Underwood questions at a level where you know not that he's been a college coach, but he's been a coach and he's had to diagram plays, and he's talking with Coach Underwood about. You know this X and this Y and this Z. It's like whoa, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, no, it's fun. All right. Well, happy New Year. Safe happy travels. Year. Yep. The Illini Notebook is brought to us by Guido's Jupiter's Billy Baru's and Seven Saints. We got plenty more uh, bowl talk here to come before we hit six o'clock. We're going to talk with a Mississippi State reporter Bob Osmussen. Michael Martin will be here, but we are going to take mm-hmm. a short diversion to women's basketball. Yeah. Shauna Green's got a big one on Sunday. Now, what bowl were you in again? Oh, Micron, Micron PC. See, the last what time... Are, what are those guys up to nowadays? <laughs> the last time what you weren't at a... Micron PC? What are, where is that? <laughs> See, I, I I didn't go to the Sugar Bowl, and you know, and then you came along. So yeah. the last bowl that you weren't at, yeah. I was at. There okay. you go. Nice continuity there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Let's keep anyway, it going. Anyway, <laughs> women's hoops. Shauna Green is joining us in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. We continue on Sports Talk Special Edition today on News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Giving a lot of attention to Illinois football in the bowl game on Monday. We'll continue with all that. But before that, on New Year's Day, big game at the State Farm Center. Illinois women's hoops will host the Iowa Hawkeyes. Coming off last night's victory on the road in Madison, Wisconsin, beating the Badgers 79-63. First-year head coach for the Illini is Shauna Green, and she joins us now. Happy Friday, Coach. Congratulations on the road victory last night. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, we are glad to have you, and it was a game that you led for almost all of it, yet I read um, that you felt like it was much closer. Was there any point where you felt like yeah, we finally have this thing under control. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt we were in control pretty much the whole game, but I just I felt like we just weren't consistently getting the stops that we that we needed to do and that was what I want us to do to, to kind of put it away away. Uh, we had some times where it was a 17, 18 point game where I thought if we got a couple stops and scores, you know, we could have we kind of could have put it put it away away and, and got up by 20 and, and 20 plus and let them come back a little bit. They got it down to 12 at one point, but we always, we made plays when we needed to, to, to keep that lead, you know, above 10. But uh, as a coach, you know, I'm always, as you know, in college basketball, it's 12 point lead, 15 point lead really isn't anything when, when a team like Wisconsin that can shoot the three at the level that they do um, is still always scary. Yeah. Plus it's, it's the road. Uh, Exactly. Teams go on, go on their runs. The other thing that was uh, curious about last night is uh, Genesis Bryant, of course, has been playing tremendously well, but she's in the starting lineup last couple of ball games out of necessity uh, due to Makaira Cook being out. Now Cook is back. 
and you keep Bryant in the starting lineup. It makes sense, obviously, with how she's playing, but yet you've been having success. So is it hard for you as a coach to to tinker with something that was working? You know, not not really for me because I think it shows that where obviously we started that same same five uh, and brought Jen and, and Jada off the bench, uh, you know, for most of the season. Then when Makaira uh, was out, we, you know, went with Jen and, and Jada, and then I put Jayla coming off, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I don't put too much into the starting lineup. I, I kind of just go off of, you know, matchups and what I feel like would be best. And we still have Jayla and Jada, you know, that, that bring firepower. And, and I love, you know, what they bring off the bench. So, we have multiple people that can start, and, and that's the thing. So uh, I, I went with it last night, and, and I thought it was, was good. I like having Makaira and, and Jen out there, um, and, and they play well off each other. So we'll continue to evaluate it and see what we think's best uh, game to game. Shauna Green is here with us on Sports Talk. Hey, Shauna, this is Evan, and I know you come on these programs for us to ask the hard-hitting questions, so i got to ask. Uh, Wisconsin <laughs> threw a bit of a curveball last night wearing the black unis, but <laughs> you guys are 7-0 and in the white unis. Is there so- some power behind that? <laughs> well, you're asking me. I'm very superstitious, so <laughs> I, was, I was concerned when our ops person uh, said when we went to wherever our last Missouri, I think it was when we were uh, when we were blue and wore navy, and I was like, I didn't, I almost told her we weren't going to wear them because we played better in orange. And I mean, I've only been here, I haven't even been on the road that many games, so I'm just like, that's how superstitious I am. So, but we won in the the navy, so now we can officially take that off, and, and I feel good about about them but no you're right i know that we're seven and no one white so uh <laughs> hopefully we can keep that going on sunday against iowa well look i was with you when you were in the blues down in florida and and, yeah. and lost a game and i wasn't going to say anything that's not my place you know and then i saw you come out and bragging rights in the blues and i thought well okay this is bold uh, but lo and behold, you you have the power to overcome such things. So good for you. <laughs> yes, yes. We we now can rest assured that it is not the color of a uniform that you know makes the shots go in or makes us play defense. But who hey, knew? I, I believe. Uh, yeah, who knew? But you know what? I'm still going to go with all those, those superstitions that I have, and if they work, you know, they work. So <laughs> It's nice to have multiple players, but you're going to trust the hot hand. Uh, we, we understand that. It goes for unis as well as players. But uh, uh, coming back, you, you got Cook last night, as you mentioned, but uh, Adelia McKenzie, she, she does it again with 26 points. Yeah. Uh, she, she's averaging a, a double-double through three games here in just Big Ten play. But with, with Makaira going down, did, did maybe that give it an opportunity for, for players like McKenzie and Genesis Bryant coming off of her triple-double to, to maybe gain a, even more confidence in their game here going forward? You know, that's how I look at it, where we never want to see a player go down or get hurt or be sick. I mean, we all know that, but I also think, you know, it's part of it's part of basketball, it's part of life. So when there's adversity, it, you got to look at it from the positive side and what can we learn from this? How You know, it's an opportunity for people to, to get some more minutes, to, to be able to step up. Um, and I think that, you know, it's going to – I said it yeah, when we went into those games without, you know, Makaira, I said, hey, this is – no matter what happens, it's going to make us better down the stretch and in the Big Ten where, you know, if someone is, you know, sick or hurt or in foul trouble, we're going to have this experience to, to you know, fall back on, hey, we did this uh, before. So I think it did, and I think I credit, you know, I credit our players for really taking advantage of those opportunities and 
Um, and it's just, you know, all these guys, just different people stepping up, you know, every, every night. And, and, you know, Adalia's been playing at a very high level. Jen has, you know, Makaira came back and dropped 20-some. And, I, you know, I thought she was still a little rusty, which she should be. She hasn't played in a while. Um, you know, and it's just we, we just got a good core group that really has bought into what their role is on this team and, and executes it. Well, Sunday, New Year's Day, you turn the page to hosting Iowa. Obviously, uh, a big game with how good Iowa is, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot, uh, even casual women's hoops fans know about Caitlin Clark, yep. and she's one of the superstars. So I'll start with her. Uh, what what do you tell your team, and just generally, how do you approach um, a de- defending a star player? You know, the thing is, it'd be one thing if it was just Caitlin Clark and, and we can really hone in on her. And then you start, you know, really breaking them down and, and, and seeing what they do. And, I mean, you know, they have a post player down low that's, you know, they have two 2,000-point scores between those two. I mean, that's that's crazy. And she shoots 70% from the field and is so efficient. And they got, you know, a ton of really good guards surrounding, you know, Caitlin and, and, you know, Monica down low. I mean, it's just a, obviously it's why they're, you know, top team in the country, uh, but they're just very, very uh, dangerous offensively. So, yes, we got to do our job on, on Caitlin Clark, but she's also going to get some. You know, she's going to get her. She's going to make some, some really tough shots. So we just got to make sure that, you know, we got to pick her up. <laughs> you have to pick her up really at the at half court. And you have to be, you know, you can't let her get those, those shots. Her speed is just, I think so underrated. Um, she can get from point A to B at a at a very you know high clip, and uh, so we're gonna have our work cut out with her. But we got our work cut out with with all of them. So you got to kind of pick your poison on certain certain coverages. Sure, uh, this team has shown its ability to you know not be phased or rattled. But I mean, you went into Indiana, almost beat them. You've been taking care of business elsewhere. So I'm not you know questioning the team in that sense, but at the same time, you know, somebody like Caitlin Clark brings a little bit something more. Do you have to kind of help them not get, uh, you know, stargazed a little bit? You know, it's, it's like when, when my days at Providence or when we played UConn and, you know, they had, even when we made the Elite Eight at Dayton uh, and, you know, we played UConn and it's Brianna Stewart and, you know, all their, you know, best, one of the best teams to ever, to ever play. It's like, you can't get so consumed with it. You got to really just go in and, and treat it like another game because then the more you, at least this is my approach, the more you sit there and talk about it, the more they get caught up in it. So, you know, they're a great team and we have a ton of respect for them. And Caitlin Clark is a unbelievable player, right? But we're going to go in with a game plan and we do what we do and see what happens. Uh, you can't, I just, they're still players and they're still human beings. So we can't, you know, you don't want to overinflate them, even though we totally respect them. Uh, I was saying that earlier this week here that folks were, were asking how to get their hands on, on tickets for the game on Sunday. Is that something your your team could feed off of if you got a bigger crowd there at the State Farm Center? Yeah, you know, I, I've said this, as you guys know, you're, everyone's probably sick of me saying it, but we, we need people to come out. You know, we... We've seen uh, great crowds. We've seen great environments on the road. You know, even uh, Wisconsin, the, the attendance last night at Wisconsin, you know, whether it's right or wrong, they said it was around 3,000. Like, we need 
people to come out and support this team. Um, and, and they deserve it. You know, they deserve it. I, I said, if my job is to try to put a product out there that, that the community can be proud of, and then I need them to, you know, do their job and come out and support us. So I'm really hoping, uh, I know that it's looking pretty good right now. Um, but you know, like my goal, we should have around four, I want around four or so, you know, thousand for this game. Like, and, and people have a chance to see our product, but they also have a chance to see a really good, uh, you know, college basketball game. And also one of the best players that has played college, you know, basketball in a while and Caitlin Clark and, and one of the better teams in the country. So I really hope our, our community will come out, support this team. And, and we need to create an unbelievable environment in State Farm Center. So we have that six man to try to help us and, and push through and, and try to get some of these, you know, these opportunities for some big wins. No excuses. It's a 2 p.m. tip-off, so even if you have a good New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bears you, play at noon. Plenty of so. plenty of time. <laughs> yep. and, 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 the, and the football plays on Monday. I mean, they even rescheduled it so that so that this would be all cleared up. No, you're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. This I, I expect this to be a really good game to, to watch, just if you're a fan of basketball. And then the, the level of talent on both sides is going to be very good. And um, – the way you guys have been playing, Shauna, I, I really expect you guys to give them a good good run here, and we'll see what happens. So we wish yep, you the best uh, of luck. I appreciate you guys, and uh, hope to see everyone out on, on Sunday at 2 p.m. at State Farm Center. Thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, All right, Shana. best of luck. Thank you. Sure thing. Shauna Green. Yeah, uh, I'll say it again. If you were waiting, she said it, but if you were waiting for something entertaining for a nice product, you have it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not just saying that. Look, people have come have told me without me saying like, "Oh, this team's interesting. This team's fun to watch." They just play a more interesting band, brand of basketball, and you've got multiple twenty-point scorers a night now. Yeah, all all the excuses that folks wanted to use for football, they can't use it for basketball, especially this being a, a quote unquote basketball kind of school. You've got a good women's program bringing in a, a really good team and one of the best college basketball players, really of all time, in Caitlin Clark. So. I'll be there in my orange and blue. We'll, we'll see how many show up. Yep. By the way, we, we mentioned it last night at our post game, but Adelia McKenzie had a career high last night. So did Dane Danger for the men. Both hail from Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, both from the same high school Whoa. there. And they both had career highs last night in their respective wins. So, all right. Anyway, Illinois women's hoops 2 and 1 now in Big Ten play. If by chance you're not going to the State Farm Center, you'll hear it here on DWS. And it's on TV, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is a big a BTN game. So, okay, uh, when we come back, got a little uh, football reminiscence from the year to do, and then and when the when we get into the next hour, we'll hear from Mississippi State's beat writer Stefan Krajishnik, who writes for the Clarion Ledger down in Mississippi, and he'll tell us more about the Bulldogs. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Continuing on Sports Talk Special Edition on both News Talk 1400 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. We've been 
Bringing these to you all week long, Adam Austin has assembled some of the football highlights from the year. This is part three of them all. <laughs> I thought we weren't doing Funky Friday. These these be some some groovy tunes you got going. We you never know when the funk shows up. Sometimes <laughs> even if you don't want it to, it does. Anyway, thanks to Adam Austin. Enjoy this audio deliciousness. We got more coming up, going all the way till six o'clock. the defense in a rock fight in a slugfest here comes the blitz on him in trouble he's sacked another illinois sack seth coleman with the sack 12 35 for the game of the shotgun here is sitkowski drop throwing left looking for a high tower got it leaping catch at the iowa 41st down illinois Second and six from the Iowa 30, 5-15 and counting here in the fourth quarter. Sitkowski, underhanded pitch to Reggie Love, cuts back to the right, nice cutback, still on his feet, to the outside, 25, 20, and down at the 19. What a first down, Illinois. It'll be a 36-yard attempt, so again, no touchdown for Iowa. attempt to take the lead instead. 6-6 tie. 36-yard attempt left hash. Snap back. Kick is in the air. Is it good? It is! It is good! And the Illini go from possibly being down by a score to being up by a field goal at 9-6 over Iowa. I think my life just flashed before my eyes. Go for 40 after the first down. DeVito fakes to Brown. Now he's going to throw back to Brown. He's open. Wheel round. Got it. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown. 40 yards. Chase Brown wide open. He caught a touchdown pass on the second play of the year against Wyoming. And the Illini lead 6 nothing. From the go for 39. Play action. Here is DeVito throwing deep left. Looking for high tower. He's got inside the five. First and goal, Illinois. Brown in the pistol look behind DeVito. And the keeper by DeVito. He's going left. Everybody else went right. Touchdown, Illinois. What a beautifully designed play. It's a beautiful thing. Brown in a frenzy. 10-18 for the third. On their feet. Territory pressure comes. Devito dumps. Got his man caught first down. 35-30. Isaiah Williams down the left sideline might score. He will touchdown. Woo! Touchdown Illinois. And Isaiah Williams scoops. 
it up with a catch over the middle, sprints down the left sideline. Huskers have been prone to big plays, and the Illini get a big one there. Touchdown, Illinois! From the Illini 23, snap back, pressure coming. Purdy under the gun, rolling right, being chased, lob, and it's intercepted. Sidney Brown with a pick at the 20, runs it back to the 25, and the fire department puts out another fire. From their own 25, back to pass, pressure comes. Thorne lob to the right, and it's picked off. Picked off Sidney Brown at the 40-yard line of Michigan State. And how do you like that? Play of the game, and he picked off his old teammate right in front of Daniel Barker. Second down on 11, Illinois at their own 40. Back to pass to Vito with a win, dumps it over the middle, caught. Near side, Isaiah Williams puts the tackle, 45-40, left side 30, 20, cut back at the 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown, Illinois! Isaiah Williams with a touchdown, 60 yards, catch and run. He did it last week for 46 in Lincoln. For 60 today. Aiden Thorne, so far 10 of 14. Pressure coming and he goes down. A sack. Back at the 25 yard line. Johnny. Johnny Newton. Here's Johnny. <laughs> Some of the more highlights. We got one more of those for you before next hour is up. Back this hour, we've turned the clock. It's 5.04. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS. Champaign-Urbana, Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. Quick news and weather update. We'll come back with our two of our special sports talk, and we'll head down to Mississippi and talk with Stefan Krajishnik to get ready for Illinois and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. <laughs> Welcome in hour number two of a special edition of Sports Talk Bowl Preview Edition. We are getting ready for Illinois and Mississippi State as bowls galore going on today. But the the big day to be in a bowl game if you're not in the playoff is Monday. And the Illini and the Bulldogs will kick off at 11 a.m. Central Time on Fridays. Sports Talk is an OSF Illini Friday. Brought to you by our partners at OSF. They have on-call urgent care with same-day walk-in care for minor illnesses and injuries. Go to osfhealthcare.org for locations. From Mississippi and the Clarion Ledger, beat writer Stefan Krasnick joins us now. He's actually in Tampa Bay on the beat there for the Bulldogs. And good enough to make some time for us. Stefan, welcome back to the program. We, we talked to you uh, not too soon after the bowl announcement was made. Boy, a lot has happened in, in both programs since. And uh, obviously, uh, the passing of Mike Leach is first and foremost on everyone's minds. Uh, my condolences to you. I don't know how you feel as a reporter because I, I know what it's like to have a, you know, you have a professional relationship with a coach, but you also feel like you got to know a person and, and to have them go is is got to be tough. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. Like you say, I mean, you, you have the professional relationships, but when it's a guy like Mike Leach, I think it comes as no surprise that 
it's very easy to build a relationship, you know, with a guy like that uh, away from the podium, so to speak. You know, he was always someone who was willing to have a conversation when, when he would finish up a press conference. And, you know, as, as I'm sure a lot of people have said, that conversation can be about anything. And it really was about anything. And, and oftentimes, you know, he would, care, he would, you know, with myself and other reporters, ask about, you know, our lives and what was going on with, with our families and things of that nature. So, like you said there, it, it really is, you know, hard sometimes to, to, when it comes to building relationships, you know, draw the line between, you know, personal and professional when it's a matter like this of, of something so tragic. And, and I think it's pretty clear that, you know, way beyond myself, there's a lot of people uh, around the world that feel the impact of, of his loss. Um, and, you know, it makes it difficult, you know, moving over, for, especially for, or moving forward, I should say, especially for, you know, the players and coaches here at Mississippi State. Yeah, and there's been a little bit of distance between the day of his passing and this game on Monday, so I get that you can play, but does it does everything feel heavy? Does it is there um, a levity to the week down there with with all the you know you go to the beach, you, you go to Bush Gardens, you do all these these kind of fun, rewarding things. Yeah, I think you know it's kind of provided a way for the players to really get their mind off of you know some of that that difficult stuff. Um, and, and I think kind of what the theme has been is that, you know, the way he was as a person, as a coach, this is exactly the type of trip he would want them to, you know, continue to go on and continue to play in the game. So I think in the back of their minds, you know, it makes everything a bit easier, easier knowing that, you know, in some way the, the best tribute that you can have, you know, for a guy like that is to come to Tampa, is to play in the football game, and then ultimately for Mississippi State the goal is to win that game for him, right? So it's provided a bit of an escape, I think, for a lot of the players and coaches to kind of get their minds you know, away from not just, you know, his passing, but, you know, the the difficulty that these next few weeks bring too, right? You have a new coach, you're going to have to move around the staff. Maybe that means some players leaving the portal. you got to bring players into the portal. So there's there's a million things going on that I think, you know, being here is really something that the team looks forward to just because you can kind of get your mind off of a lot of, a lot of subjects. Hey, Stefan, this is Evan. And just kind of to stick with that, uh, how many changes do, do you expect to be made here uh, after the season? I know they put some plans in place to, to get through this game, but uh, do, do you see and do they see this game as a stepping stone to what the future of Mississippi State will be? Yeah, I think it's it's huge for them to win this game just because of the offseason momentum, right? You're trying to get a ninth win, and that hasn't happened since 2017. So in, in terms of that, yeah, I think there's – a lot to be gained from this because, you know, you turn around, you know, the day after the game on January 3rd and, and there's going to be players that you got to pick up from the portal and maybe you have some players leave from the, you know, through the portal. There's going to be a lot of movement that comes. So I think, you know, having a win to, to pitch and say, hey, this is what a game with Zach Garnett looks like um, is, is a huge part of that, that process. And then on top of that, um, you know, kind of the, the coaching stuff, I mean, they're going to have to hire an offensive coordinator and likely hire a defensive coordinator as well. It doesn't really sound like Zach Arnett is going to be the one, you know, calling and, and controlling the defense completely like he has the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that defensive coordinator hire and the offensive coordinator hire could both be in-house, you know, moves. But if they decide to go, you know, outside the program and, and bring people in, well, then you look at, you know, the way Leach, you know, specifically on offense, structured the staff. You know, he had uh, he, he took care of quarterbacks coach, and then he had two receivers coaches, a running backs coach, an offensive line coach, you know, does your new offensive coordinator want two off or two out two receivers coaches or does you know that offense include a tight end and maybe you got to bring in a tight ends coach so it's going to be interesting to see you know how that shuffles around with the staff because it really is um, uh, obviously a moment that's caught you know a lot of people off guard and, and puts Mississippi State in a bit of an unprecedented spot. 
And, and with with all that going on in Mississippi State now here in their 13th straight bowl game, I, I wonder if the feelings have changed on this game going in. 13 straight bowls, no college football playoff, though. I, I don't know if fans were, were feeling antsy and maybe this game has more meaning. Has the feelings changed over the last couple of three weeks with the, the passing of Leach? Yeah, no doubt. I think this was you know a bowl game that for a lot of people was you know, exciting in the sense of, you know, last year they were in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, and this year you're in Tampa, right? That's a that's an obvious motivator, you know, for fans to, to show up and make the trip and things of that nature. But, you know, like you said there, the, the last three weeks there has been, you know, a bit of a shift where it went from, hey, this would be a nice game to win, you know, for momentum into the offseason, and it's developed into, hey, we, you know, we really want to win this game for Mike Leach. That's kind of the message that you get from the players and the coaches and even the fans of, um, you know, it's become more than than just a bowl game. It's it's a game where they they really want to win it. You know, for Leach, and you know, I, I think the interesting part of that is, as you mentioned, you know, th- there has been you know some criticism for the bowl games that you know when you don't make the college football playoff that maybe there's not that motivation. You know, the, the bowl schedule is the bowl season has been fun and there's been good games, but you know that doesn't necessarily mer- mean that you know it, the teams were excited to play in those games, right? Well, I think for Mississippi State. And for Illinois, too, you know, considering what, what this game could mean for them, um, it, it's definitely the Reliquist Bowl is definitely one that people should have circled because I think you'll get, you know, on a high-intensity football game where both teams really want to come out with a win. They do, as we were talking with Stefan Krasnick from the Clarion Ledger down in Mississippi, and he covers Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, but based on reading, and not, not from watching game film, but just based on reading and, and seeing the numbers, what, what Will Rogers has done and and how the, good the receivers are, not just at catching balls but yards after the catch. And Illinois has been so good in the secondary, but their two best players aren't going to be participating uh, in, in this game. I, I just feel like it's an advantage Mississippi State. Um, I, I'd be curious to see how the crowd plays into it. Last I looked, it was a four-point spread. I, I feel like this is a touchdown advantage for, for Mississippi State. Um, how how do you look at the game just X's and O's wise? Yeah, I 100% agree with, with what you said there, um, you know, in terms of the, the secondary versus the offense. It, uh, I've been kind of thinking that all week, too, of, you know, if, if there was a position on defense for, you know, Illinois to be thin, and you would probably hope for it to be anything that's not in the secondary, but that's just, you know, not the case. And, um, you know, the, the one thing that I will say, though, that, that Illinois could, you know, kind of keep itself in the game with is that, you know, when, when teams have slowed down this Mississippi State offense, it hasn't necessarily been, you know, the, the secondaries that have been great. It's been, you know, teams have been able to put pressure on Will Rogers and kind of make him a bit uncomfortable in the pocket. He, like you said there, I think the numbers, you know, kind of speak for themselves, and, and he's been a good, established SEC quarterback, but when he's been under pressure, you know, his, his mobility is limited and, and he can't really escape the pocket and make plays happen. So if, if Illinois can bring some pressure and, and, you know, teams often run the drop eight against the air raid and that's, you know, really burned a lot of teams against Mississippi State. If, if Illinois does that, I think that'll hurt them more. If Illinois brings, you know, pressure and, and can get six or seven guys in the box and, and make Will Rogers uncomfortable, I think that can kind of be, be something that, you know, sways the game back in Illinois' advantage from having lost the guys at defensive back. So it's it's an interesting, right? I mean, this is chess match between the coaches of, of what is, you know, Steve Spurrier going to do calling the offense? What is Illinois going to have, you know, defensively? Are they going to drop eight? Are they going to bring pressure? It, there's a lot of factors that go into it, and it makes this game all that more exciting. 
Um, but on paper, like you said there, it does seem like Mississippi State has the edge, you know, a few days before the game here. Well, that, that's funny you, you bring that up. That's kind of the reason why Illinois lost to Purdue was because they decided to drop eight and they couldn't really get pressure on the quarterback. And de- different defensive coordinators, so I'll be interested to, to see how Illinois re- responds to that. But but you kind of touched on it. Uh, uh, wonder what kind of changes, if there will be much different on the offensive side there w- without Leach calling the plays. Yeah, so Steve Spurrier, who is the son of the Steve Spurrier, is, um, you know, he's been the outside receivers coach um, at Mississippi State since Leach got here, and he was with uh, with Leach um, in Washington State. He's kind of been the, you know, break glass in case of emergency guy where, you know, if, if Leach got ejected from a game or something like that, that Spurrier would be the one call in place. So it seems like he's a guy that's comfortable stepping into that role and, and is definitely a candidate, you know, for that offensive coordinator job if, if Zach Arnett decides to stay in-house. So um, he'll be the guy calling plays, and I'm sure, you know, Will Rogers from talking to him yesterday, it sounds like he's going to have a lot of, you know, leeway himself to to change plays at the line and and really read that Illinois defense. Um, It seems like it'll be a pretty big collective effort, you know, with Leach gone. But at the same time, um, Leach did a really good job of, and and that's probably why, you know, his coaching tree is as good as it is, is he really liked guys, you know, even on offense, be really involved with play calling and, and he asked, you know, a lot of opinions, you know, on his headset during games of, of what to run and what not to run. So I think that Mississippi State probably feels comfortable, at least for this game, you know, with a guy like Spurrier stepping in there. Well, Stefan, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. And uh, our beat writer from uh, the News Gazette there this week is Colin Likas. You're both Indiana guys. Now, he went to Butler, and you went, <laughs> and you went to uh, IU, but you both got Indiana area codes. So uh, we'll be seeing. I'm curious to see how the the two Indiana perspectives look in this game, <laughs> and your your, yeah. your obvious uh, objectivity from both sides. I'm sure both of us are, are more you know more concerned with the fact that that we're away from that Indiana cold and enjoy the Tampa heat, and then we'll we'll deal with that Illinois Indiana rivalry when basketball season really starts to heat up. We'll <laughs> we'll put that aside during this football game. <laughs> Well, Stefan, it's been yeah, it's been cool to to get to have you on a little bit. Really appreciate you making some time. Hope we get to cross paths some more, and, and wish you all the best. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on, man. Take care. Happy New Year. Likewise, Thanks, Stefan Creation. Give him a, a follow on Twitter as well if you want to kind of look at the Mississippi State side of things. It's a special edition of Sports Talk, the world according to Bob Osmussen. For you regular listeners, you know that happens on Fridays, but it's bowl season and this is the big bowl weekend so bob's extra amped up he's going to join us in a moment you're listening to sports talk on dws swimsuit check sunscreen check phone charger check don't forget to pack the five hour energy it fits great in a pocket or carry-on and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything now get 20 percent off when you use code 5he travel at fivehourenergy.com expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. How can you not get on up for the world according to Bob Osmussen? who joins us here in studio for this special edition of Sports Talk. Can you tell how special this is? It is definitely special. James Brown is made for New Year's Eve. Yeah. To, he is a New Year's Eve kind of guy. Are you a stay-up on New Year's Eve guy? Uh, yeah, generally, uh, yes. But I don't, I'm not a... I, I mean, know, in central time? I, do, I don't, Yes, <laughs> I don't drink. 
So New Year's Eve has never been much of anything to me. To me, New Year's Eve, it is big because the playoffs are that day. That's what. Mm. That's why I'm looking forward to the day. Uh, the late what about st- sparkling juice or something? No, I don't do that. That stuff doesn't taste very good. So, no, I, I'm not doing that. I drink some Diet Pepsi. Well, you know what would make it taste better? Never mind. <laughs> Diet Pepsi late and uh, we'll stay up. Whoa, we, oh, that's when crazy. I was little, when I was young, we used to go out and bag pans, bang pans together. Mm. And that was fun. I look forward to that. I'm sure the neighbors loved that. I'm sure they, well, they all did it too. So. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a Nebraska or, thing. Yeah. So, yeah, tomorrow is playoff day. Correct. Big day. And uh, actually, uh, there's two other good games tomorrow. So, it's kind of a fun day. Yeah, but to me, it looks like one and two are favored. I would think Georgia and Michigan will win their games. I think that's the best matchup, honestly. Which, Michigan TCU? No, the Ohio State Georgia. Out of anything. Yeah, out, see, of, I, out of the all four teams, no matter what could have shook out, I think that's going to be the best game well, of there's the whole all, season. All, all good quarterbacks. Really, four really good quarterbacks. Probably one of the best combinations of quarterbacks in the playoff ever. I mean, the, what is we're ninth yeah. year. This is the best combination of quarterbacks. And I think three of the four will be first round draft picks, and the fourth will be pretty high. I think Stetson Bennett will be a really good pro, and not just an average pro. He could be Tom Brady. He could be just like him because he's got that kind of mind. He's motivated and he's. Clearly, a good athlete and a really good player, and so I think he could be the next guy out of here. He's not going to be drafted very high, but the other three are two of them this year, mm-hmm. and then one next year, and so it's it's a great set of games. I am rooting for the Big Ten, but I think the Big Ten, if they split, it'll be a good day for mm-hmm. the Big Ten. Uh, I wanted to ask your thoughts on this. I mean, we obviously have the bowl game itself to talk about, but. Yesterday, the reports came out that Kevin Warren is a finalist right. to go to the Bears right. to to run the business side of the Bears, um, and that would open up the commissioner spot for the Big Ten. Right. If you're the Big Ten Council of Presidents, are you calling Josh Whitman for a potential well, opening? I thought they be, were going to call might, Bob. There could, yeah, don't call I me. Assume, I'm sorry. I was don't, given you'd already don't, don't call turned me. them down. I, I definitely turned them down because nobody, nobody wants – other than the money – Nobody wants that job. It's, I, I'm not saying nobody. People want the job. But think of all the grief Kevin Warren took after all the stuff with COVID. Yeah, but you know the grief maybe, an athletic rightly, director so. takes. Well, I get, that. I, yeah. get that. I get that. But for Josh Budman, I think obviously he'd be qualified for a lot of reasons. But he also, it'd be an odd move from him because to me, he's where he needs to be probably for a long time. To me, he should be able to break... Ron Gothard's record, for, I think Ron Gothard was the longest tenured AD year. I think Josh Whitman should easily, easily pass that tenure. His family's here. They, he's got two young kids. They're happy. They, they have a home. I think they moved to Muhammad. So he, I think it would be really hard for him to justify picking up and going to Chicago to run. I, Big Ten's a great conference, and it'd be a good job. But And I'm not sure they would call him either. So it's kind of a so, you know, I think if I'm the Big Ten, I don't want somebody tied to one school. Kevin Warren was had some Minnesota ties, had some other ties, hmm. but he came directly from from pro football. So I don't think I think I want to go outside the current Big Ten. Well, that's been the trend for that's a lot what, of conferences. Go right. outside. Well, look at Jim Delaney came from the Ohio Valley, which is a great hire. And I think that was. That's well, but so, I mean, even coming from outside of college, 
They, that's, you could I mean, do that. There's George Cleavon. You could do and, that. And, Definitely and, could uh, do that. Um, who's the successor at Big Twelve? I w- yeah, I would like. I would business like people. Yeah, I would like that. Uh, trying to be. A, I think the Big Ten is different. I think the Big Ten's special. So I think the Big Ten should think outside the box in a way that it feels comfortable with. So you can go to get. Do you really need a business guy? You got. You get. You're set. Okay. You got. You're gonna have 16 schools in two years. You're gonna make a fortune. All you have to do is not screw it up. So I think the business guy. You need somebody who can coordinate all this, and also somebody who thinks like, what do what do we need to do next? Because Jim, mm-hmm. Jim Delaney's strength as commissioner above all things. He was a great communicator. He was very knew all the people, knew all the sports. Obviously, knew, knew basketball, but more than anything else. He saw the next step. He saw he's playing chess on nine boards at the same time and and beating everybody. He knew BTN would work, would thrive, and it would help his teams. And he was right. And everybody else said, "What are you doing? You're an idiot." Yeah, you're not. Because he, <laughs> he and he knew. Let's get some more teams. Let's let's bring Nebraska in here. Let's bring that one. I liked Maryland. Maryland eh, Rutgers, eh, but. And I think the next move by Kevin Warren to bring in UCLA and USC, genius. So I think you need a guy that thinks, a guy or girl who thinks ahead, thinks more than just what do we do this year? It's like, what do we do five years from now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bob Ospison here for the world according to Bob. And I guess they kind of already went outside the box with Kevin Warren. I they know did. he's already in football, but going from. And there's from- no. I, I really. I can see him going to the Bears because. Maybe it's hard to be Big Ten commissioner, but I I don't know. I, I think this is kind of a dream job for well, a lot of people. Uh, and also enticed to that, uh, as you say, you know, go outside the Big Ten, and this is this is all you know hindered on, on him Kevin Warren actually taking the job. But I, I wondered if Jim Phillips might get the call, but he was on the the search committee or, or whatever whenever they hired Kevin Warren, so maybe right. it's not a, a job that he wants anyway. I don't think so, and he's got a pretty good job too. So yeah. I I don't think he's Going to be, he might be a little offended they didn't call him in the first place, and maybe they should have. And so I, I think I don't think he's probably in the, in the picture, but I do. Th- I could see some ads within the conference would have a chance, but I think they're more likely go outside the conference in terms of you do wouldn't hire somebody working for the conference right now, but hire. I think you try to hire somebody like Kevin Warren who had big time to. Big Ten ties. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, Warren has not been offered no, right. reportedly the job. He may yeah. not leave. He may say, yeah, I don't think so. You're going to have to – and the Bears are not exactly known for spending money. Nope. So I think to to me, I, the best line I've ever heard somebody say, and I'm not sure who said it, don't leave happy. So I think if you're Kevin Warren, like what you're doing, you feel comfortable mm-hmm. with the, where the conference is going – and you decide to go to the Bears, uh, doesn't unless you're just dying to be back in the NFL, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You might do it, but it doesn't make well, unless, They want to build a stadium like they did in right. Minnesota, so well, that's maybe, what he oversaw. Maybe that's what – that's and that again, that's stupid. I mean, it's <laughs> completely ridiculous. For them to build a stadium outside the city limits of Chicago is nonsensical. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Heard of. Makes no sense. Really does. Got to have sense. room. Have you Stretch been to your Soldier legs. Field? 
Well, what's that? Have you been to Soldier Field? Uh, lots of times. Didn't yeah. like it. What's the problem? With, what is the problem with that place? <laughs> this is why we have you on. What is the we problem? Need, with? We need to be people, challenged. People 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 push. I, I had to walk like a country mile to park versus like get into Soldier Field. <laughs> like, there's no convenient parking. It's a there's terrible a, to a, access there's a, there's, it. There's, there's got to be a train to there, right? No, no, there's not. Well, that that call the CTA. They're they're your problem. The bears are on the. Problem. Well, there there was some article I read this a, a long time ago, but like they were part of the issue when you I'm know, sure Soldier Field was you know NFL was getting big and, and they, yeah. they wouldn't get routes down but there. No, it makes sense. They've teams, got to get out. I, I mean, teams, you know how the city of teams go the you know how Chicago is run. Well, but teams, if you can get out of there, you get out. No, of there. I I don't agree. If it's working pretty well for the Cubs. To be where they are in the city. Well, working for you, you make a good point to have a stadium in a the lot city of, of Chicago. Like but I'm just saying, Soldier Field's really in the lake. It's not really in the city. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> where the and, lake would be. And but, and Wrigley's iconic. I mean, they've just they've taken Soldier Field and they've turned it into a toilet. Well, it's it's okay. I I don't like what they did with it. I like the old place before they put the spaceship in there. But <laughs> I also think that for Chicago. To put a team on the suburbs, my favorite team just did this. I'm not happy about what they mm-hmm. did. I know, love the new place, but but it's the same thing. The Bears will be – it's nonsensical. The other thing is, are they, are they building a dome? Yes. Okay, oh, yeah. well – That's what they want Because do. that does make sense to me. And why they didn't put a cap on – Soldier Field. Well, they're going to try to do it now. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what I would do. Because the only reason to have a do- – what you're doing is building a stadium without a dome is really dumb in a northern climate. Yeah. Because you can use that place like, what, 12 times a year? Mm-hmm. So that's dumb. You want to be able to host the NCAA tournament and whatever concert you want and whatever. So, yeah, you have to have a dome. So if you're in Chicago and you want to have a team, one of the Super Bowl. But I don't think – they should move out in the suburbs. That's that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, you you know who's got great parking is Memorial Stadium, right? They do. They, that's just best just, parking in the Big hey, Ten. Bears move move here. Come yeah. on down. <laughs> come back. <laughs> come down. All you all you got to do to come down on down is put a roof on the Memorial Stadium. I'm pretty which sure. Actually I don't think we want. I'm pretty sure Memorial Stadium seats more people than Soldier Field. Probably. Does. Not, well, it's, it's probably, probably close. I, I think Soldier's close. a little bit close. Memorial yeah, 60. I take that back. I don't want. I don't want to cap on so, Memorial Stadium. I, I don't touch that thing. Leave it alone. <laughs> so I'm never. I take back the the invitation. You cannot come here. <laughs> One year of them was enough. It's like the bubble in the old days that they had on, oh, the, on the field in the winter. Time. That was awesome, though. That wow. was cool. <laughs> Playing soccer. Except in there. when you walked in there through the revolving doors, which I uh, detest, you got thrown. Wait, revolving in. doors in general? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate them. But I'm not a big fan of them no. either. Kids like them. Spin around. Adults don't. Yeah, no. But you get, there is a whole timing it's, aspect it's not, to it. And I'm not good at it. And <laughs> I got extra things going on. It's so got, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little trickier. It's a little iffy. But that, that thing, you you go through the thing and got shot into the room. It's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> like the, the airlock. It's on roll. Yep. Those you don't know, there's pictures. Memorial Stadium used to have a big bubble over the field, not over the seats, just the playing field. Just during this off season. Yeah, that they More would important. use for for like intramurals, like uh, soccer and, and, and flag practice. football. Oh yeah, and the team ball, practice with it. Yeah, it was yeah. before their other indoor thing. Uh, it was great. No reason to do that now. It, it was like, remember gym class when you your whole class played the under giant, the parachute, the giant parachute. That's it what great. it was, it was except crazy, it was a yeah. football field. 
Um, oh, hey, there's a bowl game, and Endurance. we should talk about. You know who's going to join us for this fun? Who? Michael Martin. Are you are you sticking around? Yeah, I can stick around. Okay, I'm he's going to join us, and we'll talk a little bit about the game between Illinois and Mississippi State on this special edition of Sports Talk on an OSF Illini Friday. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn on a special Friday edition bowl preview segment here with uh, Bob Oswison and now Illinois sideline reporter and former Illini himself, Michael Martin, uh, joining us well uh, remotely today because you're on dad duty to a one-year-old. Happy birthday to your daughter. Yep, baby Martin is uh, is one-year-old. Uh, kind of a rainy day uh, like today, last year. Uh, she came into the world, uh, and you know what? It's it, being being a dad has been awesome. Um, hey, we were we were talking offline. Uh, <laughs> we we didn't name this tri- this uh, child ReliaQuest. I had joked last year <laughs> about naming my child uh, Rose if Illinois made it to the Rose Bowl, but. Uh, no such luck last year, and we're not renaming her. <laughs> well, probably a good idea. Well, naming your daughter Martin Martin. I mean, that's that's quite Ooh. the the bold name there, Baby Martin. <laughs> I, I, I I hope I I had to rename a guy last night on NCAA named Thomas Thomas. So I understand it, but um, ReliaQuest Rose Outback. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Bloomin' Onion Martin. Uh, a friend, a uh, a colleague of my wife's, uh, jokingly refers to. Uh, her as cheese at Martin, uh, just because that came up in conversation last year. No, oh, so how's many balls, so yeah. many balls with cheese it in the name. Yeah, if it, if this was Bob and you were a few years younger, Bob, you 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 would have asked Julie to have forty one children because of all the bowls you love. <laughs> right, <laughs> every bowl game. Yeah, that was not going to happen. <laughs> Micronpc.com Martin would have been a thing. My, it could have been my brother. That's my favorite child. <laughs> Um, uh, my friend, you played in a bowl game, um, and and you know all the talk about you know are they are they significant anymore? But uh, if you're a player, you got to be jacked up for this. Sure, it's a it's a reward for all your hard work, and uh, some people, some hardcore media people, Bob may uh, may suggest that there are too many, and no. it doesn't mean as much. He, and, Bob's the no, exception. I, I love them. I love oh, all okay. them. I said um, there's no such thing as a bad ball. Especially the heart of Dallas ball, correct? <laughs> hey, you know what? I I mean, in all seriousness, I had the opportunity to play in historic Cotton Bowl Stadium, right? Which is is something that I get to talk about forever because that's it's it's something that is historically relevant. You see it every single year for the uh, Red River uh, Showdown uh, between Oklahoma and Texas, and while we didn't win the game it's just one of those those significant stadiums in college football lore uh and while my my chapter or not even a line of a story in in the in that story of that uh particular stadium may not be good for illinois it is still there um it wasn't the cotton bowl by any means it wasn't the rose bowl but um Heart of Dallas Martin, uh, notwithstanding, uh, it's uh, it it was a great opportunity, and it's a good way to. It was a very nice way to cap out a year, uh, the year we had 
uh, with that team. Uh, it was a really fun team to be on. Michael, tell me the stuff you got at, at that game. Tell me the paraphernalia you got from the, the swag. From the, the swag from the ball. What'd you get? And do you have any of this stuff yet? Huh. Uh, oh, oh, for this bowl or the, for the, the bowl? You, no, well, you're getting stuff from this bowl? That's not right. <laughs> I'm not, where's my stuff? He, no, he, he's on the radio crew. Hard to, I know. Well, whatever. I mean, when I, went to the, when I went to the Red Box Bowl, I got a pair of socks and a game coin. And uh, that, <laughs> that was it. That was it. Uh, Seriously? As a, as a media member. <laughs> a media member. Uh, that's had that, that's uh, right. In the, in the press. I box, would have thought but, you got a free rental of Taken Four or something. But. <laughs> no, but I didn't. How about, hard, uh, how about a Harden Dallas Bowl? What'd you, what'd you get? Uh, we got, uh, let me think, we got um, a, a backpack. We got Excellent. a. We got a hat, a couple shirts, uh, new shoes, uh, sweatsuit, um, and then they had what was called a uh, gift suite. Okay. So you had five points, uh, a bunch of different things, cost different n- letter- numbers of points. <laughs> there were Yeti coolers uh, uh, that you could get for all five points. There were uh, this, that, and the other. I ended up getting a couple pair of head- headphones. Um, did, and- did you have the points and tickets that you won at ball or something? <laughs> Somewhere. No, uh, but you, you build out a, a card. Squishy like, pink dragon is two. and <laughs> You get to go through the suite and pick out what you want. Uh, but it depends on uh, depends on the bowl. Um, some have a, a set amount of uh, or set gift list that you're given. Others, like the the gift suite, you pick out yourself. And uh, Heart of Dallas Bowl was a gift suite. And I'm not sure what the lineup for the ReliaQuest Bowl is. Do you get, do you get still having this stuff or not? Is it all gone? You sold um, it in player's locker. <laughs> you got $38 uh, Let me for it. see. I still have the backpack. I still have the shirt. Um, I still have the headphones. I actually haven't opened the headphones yet. So. <laughs> That's going to be worth it. I'm collectible. Uh, no, not, no, not no, collectible. No just, ring? Uh, no I had ring? Some, I had some headphones that hadn't died yet, and uh, haven't gotten to them yet. No, did you get a ring for the bowl or not? We did get a ring. Okay. Um, That's it, cool. Uh, it was a big, it was a big uh, ring with a, a a block eye on top of it. It had my name and number on it. That's pretty uh, cool. The, um, of course, it's a big uh, ring. Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> oh yeah, um, but I think that was furnished by uh, the team, not okay. by the bowl. That's um, really, that's because really neat. Coach Beckman at the time really wanted us to, you know, flaunt those things. Even though we ended up the year six and seven, but it's one of those things. Like you, you got there, you, you. Uh, you should have something to to show for it. Um, uh, no, it, unfortunately, no one kisses the ring. Uh, I don't bring it out too much. Um, but I don't know if uh, I know that I know that Say some people name. got. <laughs> uh, I know some people still wear it. I don't. Uh, it's uh, it's too big to be uh, really feasible uh, to wear around. And um, but that's neither here nor there. Michael Martin with us here on Sports Talk Illinois and Mississippi State on Monday. Uh, so you're headed down there uh, this weekend, as is the the rest of the radio crew. How do you size up the the actual matchup? Well, it, it'll be interesting because they uh, this is a team that you lost your obviously your best coordinator. He got a job elsewhere, uh, and he's already taken people with him. Um, so you've got a new man. Uh, calling calling plays and with uh, coach Henry and his his appointment just became official uh, or a day or two ago 
Um, so it'll be, it'll be a, be a learning experience. Um, I think that, uh, uh, historically Mike Leach teams are known for their offense. Um, but, um, again, they lost, they, they lost Mike Leach, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, the play calls go. They'll probably go four verts for, uh, the first play just, uh, just to honor him, uh, try to, um, try to air it out. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Their defense is better than you would think. Uh, there's a reason that they promoted their defensive coordinator. Um, missing out on Chase Brown with missing out with Chase Brown is uh, going to be significant. Um, and they like to throw it across the yard, and we are missing se- members of our secondary. That being said, they've lost ten-ish uh, players to the 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 portal. So, uh, in- including their top wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he just committed to Georgia. Um, so their pass attack may not be as good. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a great matchup. Um, Illinois just needs to be able to play their brand of football. Um, we've seen it time and time again. If they get get behind, if they, uh, if they don't control the dictate of the, if they don't control the pace of, of play, they're going to have a hard time. But I think that we have the capability to do that. And uh, I think that we're going to get a nice little preview for uh, next year's defensive uh, backs um, and that secondary because um, it's going to be a significant um, point of point of focus uh, moving forward. Michael, do you think uh, Reggie Love is ready to step up? That's a great question. I think that the flashes we saw um, from the Northwestern game right. are I was wondering about that, yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see. We, coach Bielma said yesterday that Josh McRae is looking good. Maybe he's right. going to be the featured back, or maybe you have a featured back by committee. Who knows? Um, you have the opportunity to make a game plan that isn't fully reliant on Chase Brown. Now, Chase Brown has been the the significant part of your offense throughout right. the entire year and has opened up a ton of things, but I think that our passing game um, really uh, struggled later on in the year as it got colder because, and I made this point with Evan last last week, Tommy DeVito was an indoor cat. I mean, he played most of his college career in a dome. Um, and uh, good point. he, he kind of dropped off as the year went on. He was still efficient, but there are some longer passes that just weren't there, especially on some of those windy days, wasn't as efficient. Um, receivers got cold hands and uh, uh, balls popped off. You're not going to have that problem here uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, cramping could be an issue, but that's another that's another discussion entirely. Um, so I- I'm really interested to see how um, a post Chase Brown offense looks. Um, yeah, he was and, so so vital to, to this team. Oh, absolutely! Literally every game, and it didn't matter that the other team knew he's getting the ball. Who's getting the ball? They couldn't stop him, and a lot of, to me, a lot of his value beyond the great running back he was was the fact that he could catch the ball in that backfield and make you miss, and just all the things he did right. And it, there was something special about him this year. I, it's one of the best. It's maybe the second best year I've seen by a running back in a little while in the thirty plus years I've been here. Just played out of his mind, and really, it's going to be missed uh, this week for sure. Yeah, it's a shame that he uh, he opted out because he was just he was he was uh, less than a hundred yards right. uh, to get the uh, 
the single season record um, for an Illini. I think that's still owned by uh, uh, former Charger Mike Hellashore. Right. Um, shameless plug, go Chargers. Uh, <laughs> He's probably happy uh, about that. He probably likes having his name first. So I'm, I'm, go- I'm good with that too. I like the Champagne guys, like you, doing well. Yeah, and to be fair, I'll I'll shout out the Champagne guy on the on the team, Ben Schultz. He was he went to Central. His brother went to Centennial. Uh, his brother played baseball um, for Illinois as a bullpen catcher. Uh, Scott knows that, but uh, he uh, he he's gotten in on some special teams plays, and uh, and I'm I'm he's not going to be a featured guy. He's just he's he's a walk on. He's this, a lot of people just don't know about him, but. I like guys that have and make the most of the opportunities on special teams because they end up being uh, great gamers and um, and can make significant differences um, in keep in the special teams uh, realm. Well, Michael, congratulations and getting to go to a bowl game for the second time as a sideline reporter and on to a, a warm climate. Happy birthday to baby Martin. To baby ReliQuest? <laughs> no, baby Zaxby. The friends call her Heart of Dallas. H O D. We will talk to you at 9 a.m. on Monday morning for our pregame coverage. And uh, remains to be seen if, if uh, we'll catch you on the flip side or not. But uh, certainly been fun to be talking with you and doing all this football coverage all year long. Sounds like a plan. I've, I, I've really enjoyed the opportunity and love uh, having the opportunity to talk to Bob and the fans, uh, especially in the postgame show. Um, so I uh, wish everybody a happy new year. Uh, let's bring in uh, 2023 with a with an Illini victory. ILL. Thanks much, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. All right. Bob, enjoy a full glut of college games as oh, well my. this week. I told everybody, just leave me alone. <laughs> Give me. Let's get some pizza. Leave me alone. Sounds like a good idea. Ordering in. Ordering in. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Promised you some more highlights. We'll uh, wrap up the show with some final uh, highlight packages right after this on an OSF Illini Friday. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. We've had a fun end to our week and previewing this bowl game. 9 a.m. coverage starts Friday, uh, Monday morning, that is. And now the f- uh, final part of our highlight package assembled by Adam Austin. Enjoy a look back at the Illini season, part four. Illini in the Carnal red zone. First and goal at the nine. Brown, right, left. Brown down to the two before they stop him. Good cutback from the right to the left for Chase Brown. A gain of eight. No score yet. Illini knocking on the door. Second goal at the Purdue two. Hand off to Chase Brown. Touchdown. He's across the goal line. Chase Brown scores the TD. And the Illini jump in front. Six nothing on the Boilermakers. Illini third and goal at the Purdue six. Down 21-14. Brown now goes back to his regular spot. DeVito in the gun. Back to pass, looking left, looking to the end zone, got a man, one, touchdown Illinois, Hightower with the touchdown, touchdown Illinois, what a pass by Tommy DeVito.
Gain of 12. We're in the Carnal Red Zone. First and goal at the 8. Chase Brown the back. DeVito gives it to him. Chase puts his foot down. He's in. Touchdown. Cut through at the 5, and he was free. Chase Brown, second touchdown of the day. Eight yards. And the Illini back in front, 13-7. Third and two at the 8. Up Michigan. Eight yards, touchdown Illinois! How do you like that? And what a response after a shaky start at the beginning of the third quarter. Oh, that's a grown man drive right there, and I love the finish. Under six minutes to go here in the third and over. Hand off to Stokes, and he is dropped like a rock. At the 35-yard line, Witherspoon again with a big hit. My goodness. They're at the Illinois 37, fourth and six. Trying to draw the Illini off. Back to pass. McCarthy, deep pattern left. It is going to be broken up incomplete. Incomplete, trying to hit Anthony. The Illini almost jumped off sides. That was really close. I kept waiting for a flag to drop, and it never did. And the Illini upheld on DeVito gives to Brown around the right end. 30, 25, 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown, Illinois! 37 yards, and the Illini lead in Ann Arbor, 16-10. How do you like that? And this place just went silent. On a beautiful day here in Evanston, here's the handoff to Reggie Love. Runs to the right, 25, 40. Western and Reggie Love steps in there for a gain of 20 as he cut to the right. At the Wildcat 14. Pistol look. Reggie Love in for Chase Brown. Shake it up on this drive. Hand off to Reggie. Runs left. Slips a tackle. 10, 5. Reggie Love down to the two-yard line. He almost broke it. And boy, is he slippery. Illinois first and goal at the Northwestern 2. Here is Reggie Love into the end zone. Touchdown, Illinois. Robertson averaging about 39 yards a kick this year, 4th and 12. For the Illini, he'll stand inside his own 10. He will step to the right. He's going to keep it. He's going to go. Fake. 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, and near midfield. And a first down on a trick play for the special teams. Robertson, the Aussie, running like a punter up the right side, and he gets the first down. Snap back on third and long. Here comes the rush. Up the middle. He throws to the right. That's picked off. Devin Witherspoon. He might go all the way. We'll see. So he back at midfield. 45-40. Still on his feet. 35-30. And he's stripped up at the Wildcat 30. And he's going to be upset that he didn't get the pick six. But what a great run by 31. Devin Witherspoon. But no points for the Wildcats. Against the wind, keeping it on the ground. And oh, this oh. time the ball is loose. Maybe, maybe a scoop and score for Sidney Brown. He's gone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Illinois. Scoop and score. Back to pass. Here comes.
comes the pressure. Pocket collapsing. Throws oh. another interception. Picked off again. Sidney Brown. He might have a pick six. He does. Touchdown. Touchdown, Illinois. And Sidney Brown is having himself a whale of a day. My goodness. This defense is just relentless. Brown steps in front of the intended receiver. Runs it up the left sideline. Touchdown, Sidney Brown. Touchdown, Illinois. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. Evan Kahn, that's our bowl preview. The next time we talk about the bowl, we'll be we'll be doing our bowl pregame show. How about that? Yeah, Happy New Year's. Um, it, it's hard to believe that I've been cutting those highlights for six years now, and this by far has been the most fun I've had during a, a football season. They landed right... The most highlights. They <laughs> landed right there in that 3-9 to nine win total that I projected. <laughs> and honestly, as I, I put the, the schedule together for Monday's game, I even was a, a little pessimistic. I didn't have the spots going into the new year. So to have a New Year's Day game for Illinois football here to start 2023, I mean, it's beyond expectations. So hopefully you enjoyed it. I did. Enjoyed uh, doing this with you this afternoon and really grateful for all our guests. Brian Barnhart, Shauna Green, Stefan Krayishnik, Bob Osmussen, Michael Martin. Thanks to you, and uh, don't forget, tomorrow morning, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly with Alina Pella Saturday Sports Talk on our WDWS side. Back to music on HMS and sound on on DWS. Happy New Year, everybody.